What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Lions Blog Podcast. This is your host, Gavin. Coming back to you after uh, quite a while. Um, it feels like forever. And it, it, it's it's not even been a full week, I feel like. Because Adam and I did a instant reaction to the New York Red Bulls Open Cup win. And we were on cloud 50. Not cloud nine, not cloud 10, cloud 50. We were over the moon. We're going to win the cup. We just played, you know, relatively brilliantly. <laughs> um, we we uh, rode our luck a little bit there. But uh, still, just absolutely we're feeling good. And then here we are now, Monday night. And uh, a little bit of a different feeling after the 2-1 loss to DC United. Um, a weird feeling for for many people in the fan base because um, there was a feeling of, wow, we're kind of going in the right direction. We're the better team tonight for most of the game. And then those same little issues pop up at the end of the match where we uh, concede and eventually lose the game two goals in stoppage time for DC United. So here to talk with me tonight is Daniel. Daniel, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, very well. How you doing? I am tired, um, so this is going to be a shorter one than usual. I doubt we go an hour and 40 minutes. Um, but yeah, uh, good. Uh, <laughs> good, but tired. And then coming later, coming soon, is a special guest, Eddie, from Orlando Lions Den Podcast. He agreed to come on. I thought this would be a good conversation to have him on. He's very smart. Uh, if you listen to our podcast, I'm sure you listen to them over there, too. Um fantastic coverage of the team over on Orlando Lions Den podcast. So uh, really happy to have Eddie join us later. <clears throat> so Daniel, let's just start. I ne- we never got your opinion on the New York Red Bulls match. So just give me, go ahead, give me your high level opinion on the 5-1 win and us being in the final of the Open Cup. Well, I've been in the finals, obviously significant, you know, you don't get finals every day. So hopefully they've met the most of the opportunity they've gotten everything in the cup that you know a team in a cup run wants you know you've gotten the the memories the attacking football um the way i would equate it is that in my mind i feel like oscar just said to his players look remember when you were kids and how you used to like playing football and just let them go at it and let them off the leash a little bit um certainly good to watch um obviously raises questions as to why they can't do it more but you know nonetheless you can't argue with the resolve of the players and how quickly they pulled back that deficit from being a goal down. Um, it was a really close game in the first half, I felt. I mean, New York had a couple of really good chances, and I think they hit the woodwork twice, if I recall. You know, they, they hit the they, woodwork they, twice, and they were probably, when you think of the better chances of the first mm-hmm. half, their worser chances, because Luquinhas got in behind once, 1v1. Yeah. Uh, Galese stood him up, and he tried to go near post and mishit it. And then mm-hmm. I think it was Luquinhos again who got in 1v1 and hit it wide to the left, but he was under a bit of pressure. Or maybe it was Amaya. But yeah. those, they hit the post twice, not their better chances. Their better chances, they really should have scored those two. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if, you, if 
on, in the first half, I mean, they probably edged it really, but I mean, second half, they're just blown away. Um, it's like, you know, they've heard it described that the the rain brings out some superpowers, you know, which is kind of funny. Um, you know, my take is that Oscar just let them play, and, you know, when you let good players play football and let them express themselves, then that's what you get. So, obviously, very, very good, very momentous for the team and for the for the city, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm really excited to see Exploria filled. I, I'm really excited. I'm obviously going to be there with you uh, since you got me tickets. Uh, so thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> no um, you'll be thanking me if they if they win. If they lose, then you'll be mad. Oh, yeah. You're getting <laughs> slapped in the face and beer poured, poured over you for making me have to deal with that. No. Um, okay. So... What's your what's your take on Oscar Pereja then? Because I feel like the mood was down. the mu- The mood was ho- horrible. Oscar Pereja, everyone's ready for him to go. We win this match, and all of a sudden, it's very quiet. And obviously, that's kind of how the sport works. Mm-hmm. But my take before the game was a manager's uh, a manager's. Hey, Kevin, job. I can hear your leash in the background. Is that? Oh yeah, sorry. You on your, um, you're on your nightly book. <laughs> Sorry, just doing some um, some uh, not good things. No. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. oh, dear. It's gone downhill. Oh, is it five yeah. minutes? Yeah. yeah, just about. No, I, um, again, I had like no sleep last night, so I'm trying to word this. But basically, my take was a, a coach's job should not be um, dependent on one game, on one result, because so much can happen in one result. And so, what is your take on Pereja after the match? Are you seeing the bright side here? Um, what? Where are you at? Um, well, no. First off, I totally agree with your point that you know you don't a coach's job should never hang on one game. I I agree with that. Although, you know, what is contradictory to that is that inevitably every coach's job comes down to one game in the end, right? So, at some point. You know, there's, there's going to be the enough is enough mantra and, and the red button will get pushed and that'll be it. But, you know, in principle, I totally agree with you. I mean, his job should never have hung on the one game. Uh, his job should always hang on, on over a sequence of games and other patterns of play and all of that. And my um, my criticisms of Oscar have always been based off of the patterns that I observe, not so much off, off one game. You know, that's going to be the point of discussion as we talk about the, the DC game soon. Um, what, what was amusing to me is just how many people rewrote history after that one game. You know, the um, people that <laughs> yeah. were pretty vocal about, you know, not being happy with what they're seeing and being frustrated with the team, all of a sudden act like that, you know, they they um, they didn't say those things or that they didn't have that opinion of Oscar. And I, I don't like that. It's It's really fickle, just how people are and... I mean, you, not much you can do about it, but that's that's kind of what I observed. Um, what people seem to misunderstand, in my opinion, is that being on a good cup run and playing in the league is akin to being a guy who's married and having a nice mistress on the side. Now, the mistress is the <laughs> the mistress is the open cup, right? That's the glamour, that's the arm candy, that's the thing that's making you look good right now. But you've got to pay attention to what you've got at home, which is the league, and the league doesn't lie. 
the results don't lie, the performances don't lie, the mentality doesn't lie. At the end of the day, that's what you need to be taken care of. And a lot of people focused on the arm candy right now, and I, I understand it. There's a trophy at stake and whatever else, but... It's a big deal, <clears throat> yeah. It's a big deal, but it's it does go somewhere to papering over a lot of cracks as well. Yep, exactly. And, um, it's a good way to put it. And that's that's my take on it. I mean, you know, I mean, Oscar, if he wins a cup, he's going to rightly be remembered in a great way for it, and, and the players will. He's had a very good run in the cup. He's had all the games at home. You know, he's gotten a few things his way, mm-hmm. which I think he did with MLS's back as well. Yep. I'm not going to say he's a lucky coach, but I'm going to say that he's benefited off some good fortune. I think uh, I think it's fair to say in both runs there was luck, right? Jean Moutinho, corner header yeah. against LAFC in the last second. We went on penalties. Um, in this cup run, we had the Miami. I mean, it wasn't luck. It was Facundo Torres just... Yeah. grabbing the moment and scoring and then nashville it was luck it mm-hmm. was total luck we were terrible that match yeah and then um new york red bulls we we kind of wrote our luck in the first half so so there's luck involved there's always luck involved but um no, a little is, uh, bit it's all going our way i bring your example here that um wigan several years back wigan athletic mm-hmm. of league one right now after all this financial problems they actually won the fa cup and beat, I think they beat Manchester City in the final. Yep. The same season they got relegated from the Premier League. And, you know, that's uh, an example, kind of what I'm talking about. You know, you don't have the promotion relegation, obviously, in the US, but, you know, there's a lot of problems in that squad and in that team. And, yeah, the team's remembered for the cup win, but they also went on a massive decline that same season. And... There's a lot of patterns of play that we'll we'll discuss on show um, that we have to to be be wary of. But as for answering your question about Oscar, that's pretty much where I am with him right now. Yeah, look, for me, Oscar's still not safe. He wasn't safe after uh, the the New York Red Bulls match. Obviously, we're talking post DC here, as well as we're going to kind of move into that discussion. But he. He, he's still not safe. No, I'd have to see weeks and weeks and weeks of sustainable, pretty, not even pretty, but sustainable soccer that's going to win us games. And then mm-hmm. we need to, to, to turn the results around. Um, so, and if the club are looking at it as, okay, he won the game, so his job is safe. No, he should still be under pressure. He <clears> should still be looked at. There should still be con- contingency plans being worked on right now. Um, it's it, it, no way. And, and I don't think so. I don't think our club, I don't think our leadership would be running in that fashion to where it's like, okay, he won the game. We don't have to deal with this right now. Um, absolutely not. So let's go ahead and move into the DC match, the 2-1 loss. And I'm really, really interested to hear your feelings on the match. We haven't even talked about it yet, you and I personally. Um, a lot of times we talk offline. But you and I usually see things in a similar light, and I feel like we might see this match differently. Not 100% sure, though, so go ahead, hit me with it. Well, I've seen you, I've seen some of the things you've said, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I was saving this point for when Eddie joined him, but um, I'll just tell you what I'm thinking. I agree with you about 70% that the team needed to finish the chances. If the team finishes <clears throat> the chances, then DC United doesn't have a way back into the game. And that's that's factual, you know. You're looking at being three four nil up at halftime, and 
comfortable. Yeah. But mm-hmm. where I think I disagree with you is that you were overwhelmingly positive about the performance. And I listened to you, your little seven-minute cameo that you did after the game. I listened to that, and I, and I understood your positivity, actually. But where I disagreed was that the game is played at two ends of the field, and it doesn't really matter how good you are in transition, creating chances. If you can't defend, if you can't defend, I mean, great teams have attacked in the past and still ended up in other leagues being relegated because they can't defend. Um, it's it's a 90-minute match. In Orlando's case, it's a 95-minute match. You've got to be on for 95 minutes. And the fact that this keeps happening... If this was a one-off game after an exhausting cup tie in midweek where your players are emotionally and physically shattered, then I would agree with you totally 100% that they played well enough to win, they just didn't do it. DC managed to pull out the bag and that's it. But this is becoming a recurring theme. You know, like I'm looking at the, the league table as I speak to you and, you know, it's 23 games played and we've lost more than we've won. We've lost nine, we've won eight. And when you look at the manner of the majority of those losses, I mean, the team either hasn't shown up or they've just given away stupid goals in the in the depth of the games. And yeah. it's a trend. And that's where I disagree with you is the fact that in the context of what you're saying, I get what I understood what you were saying, mm-hmm. that they and you were right, if they just took the chances away, we don't have this conversation. But yeah. But they didn't, Sorry. and that's the point. The point is they didn't do it, and it's become a recurring thing this year. They're not doing the job. So I, I agree with all of that. Um, we aren't putting away our chances. Usually we only have one or two in a match. This match we had more. So I think that's where I'm feeling a little bit more positive because the main issue this season, while the defense has been a worry we've still had a relatively average defense this season um right would you agree with that like even though we're not getting a lot of clean sheets anymore even though mm-hmm. um you know we're we're not conceding terrible three four mm-hmm. goal games again except the dc match and i that was like a game state thing at that point and yeah not every team Every team has those games. Like you're gonna get one of those every every team during the season is gonna have a, a game where they're just completely blown out of the water, you know. It's expected. And exactly. you and you're right, like in twenty eighteen and nineteen especially, that was happening nearly every week at one point. <laughs> so it was, yeah. In that context there's definite improvement, but <clears throat> I would argue that as good as the defence is on paper, if the midfield and, and the forwards were more functional and the game plan was a little more positive, I would argue the defence would have less to do, Pedro would have less to do, and there'd be more mm-hmm. clean sheets and less goals conceded. I don't think the goals conceded are a fault of the defence, as strangely as it is, but it's more of a collective thing to do with the team. So Yeah, I like but, that because if yeah. you don't have a threatening offence, mm-hmm. this is something I really believe, firmly believed with Cincinnati for their first two seasons. They didn't have a threatening offense at all, so no one was afraid of them. So they just piled on the, the their mm-hmm. offense and then left themselves open at the back. And the more numbers forward meant more goals. And Cincinnati didn't have a great defense, um, but it was 
if you don't have a threatening offense, no one's going to care, and they're going to pile forward and score on you because they're going to risk it for those goals. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, you you don't throw everybody forward now, not when you've got uh, Brenner and um, what's that other kid's name? The, the, Lucio Costa and, and Brandon Vasquez. Costa Vasquez, that's the one I was trying to remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's as potent a trio of attackers as there is in the league at the moment. Mm-hmm. And they're all in sync. It's like you wouldn't dare to just, you know, try and go at Cincinnati. Leave, leave them on the counter, yeah. Oh, yeah exactly. I mean, they've, you know, and, and I'm looking at the standings right now. They're, they're a point behind Orlando. You wouldn't have thought that at this stage of the season that would be the case, unless Orlando was second bottom, you know? And so, they, they just, um, they should have beaten Miami. Really, no, they, they should have beaten Miami. No, they should, but that, that's, uh, you know. They, they would have been over us. They would have been, and... You know, I mean, you can't really look at them and say, well, you know, crap, Cincinnati area. What was that? Cincinnati are no longer crap anymore. You know, they, <laughs> they, they, they're they good. They're a legitimate team. That's uh, We always thought this would happen, that they're a good, well-supported team that once it got its stuff together, will get momentum. And they've, you know, good for them. I mean, it's good, it's good for the league in a sense that teams can come turn around like that, you know? Yeah, so, so here's where I'm going to... Um kind of flip the script though I am mm-hmm. positive because even though the defense messed up again and the, the tactics to finish up and close out the game were poor again our main issue has been attack this season and our attack seems to have been figured out at least for the last two matches and that's where I feel very positive where i feel very okay we have a sense of direction now because if we get the attack working i think our defense is good enough that we will win these games 3-1 at least this attack this attack created very good chances it just needed to finish them benji make benji benji should make that sitter 2-0 different Mm -hmm. ball game where game states different everything and this kind of leads into my next point which is the sequence of events and how Oscar needs to handle that uh, and how he needs to manage that. Sequencing was we scored early, which was really nice that we pressed on and kept trying to score. Atlanta United, we scored early and we didn't. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a that's a plus. We kept going. Um, next, we create chances for the better team. They don't really make any dangerous chances at all throughout the first half. And so everything's going well. We get into halftime, 1-0 up. Okay, let's go get a second. We, we come out. Mm, we're, not, we're, we're still creating dangerous opportunities, but we're not really creating the dangerous chances anymore. DC start to create some. You know, Galicia had that insane, insane, insane save yet again. And then at that point, I'm sure Oscar, uh, you can see it in tactic switches, right? Benji moves mm-hmm. out left all of a sudden. All of a sudden, Giacchini's on and, and Faku's off. And all of a sudden, Pato's at number nine. And then Pato gets moved again. And then someone else is at number nine. Like, all of a sudden, Oscar's like, it, it looked like he was freaking out, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And it feels like he saw the one chance happen. And he 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 lost it. And then this the, the, the sequence at the end is just basically um, 
they scored. We got rattled. Long mm-hmm. ball. They scored. They scored again. Like like, it, we got rattled. So the sequence, I think Pereja needs to manage that last thirty minutes better. And because you can't just go into it and say, oh, well, we had all the chances and we didn't score them. So but that's OK, because we're just going to ride this out and win the game like you still have to manage those last 30 minutes properly, even though you manage the first 60 minutes correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, as I said, it's a 90 minute game or in this case, a 95 minute game and you can't. You can't keep riding off the back of a good 60-minute performance and then suddenly deciding to shut up shop. I mean, especially when the players just don't look comfortable doing it. And we've had this discussion a lot of times now. You know, in itself, that that shows it's a problem. And um, there's been some interesting um, comments on social media by a couple of the players, you know, where... You know, you kind of wonder if they're getting a little bit frustrated as well. Um, what was it? Pedro said something about he does his job and he's doing his yes. job and it seems like he's, he's daring the other players to do theirs. And then you've got Junior Urso's interview, which I think has, has uh, confused a lot of people. I think... Yeah. Wanted to ask you about both of those, so go ahead and what's your take on those? Well, I've not really heard Urso speak that much, so I'm not quite sure how what his handle on, on on English is, you know, like, I don't know. I know he can use some English, but whether he can speak it, you know, like 100% fluency with all the nuances and everything. But what he seemed to be getting at is he seemed to be protecting his coach, but kind of letting slip that, you know, they're doing, they're not following what they've been told to do, which, you know, is a problem, you know, because if he's saying that the players want to do things a certain way and that Oscar wants to do it the way they're trying then why does Oscar sub off all the attacking players and put defenders on like there's, there's obviously some kind of disconnect there you know and it seems to me that if I was to make a guess I don't think the players are in full agreement with the strategy you know yeah I, I would do you think? I would guess that I mean it's clear right I mean mm-hmm. we uh, Eddie just hopped on, so hey, Eddie, um, first and foremost. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. Yeah, Eric, hey, guys, sorry to be late. We we no, did, our, no. did our own podcast, and then it looks like Stranger Things outside. And didn't, have the, <laughs> didn't have the upside down Candy Cleon's house, and you didn't have connection, and, and we, we just we just finished. So putting yeah, in no a double shift at today. <laughs> so we're talking about the um, the Urso quote and um, the Galese Quote tweet. I don't know if you saw that one. Um, yeah. So so two in, individual instances of the team coming out and some um, interesting interesting comments. So yeah, I think clearly there's some disconnect somewhere within what the coaching staff wants and what the the players want. And obviously there's frustration in the camp. No matter what, what we're doing right now is not what was expected. We, uh, mm-hmm. Especially twenty. 12, 15 matches into the season. We're now 20 matches into the season and we're struggling big time. So, um, Eddie, moving over to you, I mean, just, uh, I'm sure you've already talked about it tonight, but high-level thoughts on the quotes. 
Yeah, look, um, it's hard not to read into these, right? Um, Urso talking about essentially that the you know that he, he that Oscar still wanted to be the protagonist, so to speak, or still wanted to have some possession, and and the team just you know just just ignored it and just sat back and played defense. That's that's something because it, it makes you question. Okay, it, the subs like we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of people who can handle the ball, but he took them all out. Like Mauricio, or maybe it was her, you know. Um, Joao was a kind of yellow. I think it was a planned sub. But yeah, but then, then, then today in the thing they said his knee hurt, you know. Oh, okay. So yeah, and then, but then, okay, Joao <clears throat> had a yellow, but they, they let people play three yellows all the time. I mean, Jansen's leading the team in minutes, and he he starts every other game with a yellow, and uh, um, so he could have let Joao in, but also you know managing minutes, I'm sure. And then Fagunda goes out too, and now you got Pato up top, you, you isolate him up top and Benji's like wing back and, and Nico comes in and he still hasn't really, you know, been with the team very much. So you, you're not going to have possession like that. So then, yeah, okay. That's not what he wanted, but if you, you have Perea down, down there and he's not good at presenting himself on the ball and he always, almost always takes the safest route. We were not going to, we're not going to hold the ball a lot. And if you look at where we lost possession, there was a lot in his area. Um, so, like, I get that maybe he didn't want that, but the personnel called for that, so to speak. And, you know, he didn't really, really – I mean, he left the tr- – there was enough people there to do more offensively or with possession. And the 89th minute, once Schlegel comes in, then obviously at that point you're just hanging on. But uh, I don't know. It's just a lack of leadership somewhere. I said this last year when Nani left. And yes, I, Nani on those wages – and wasn't worth it worth keeping, etc. And people got frustrated because he he would he wouldn't play within the the game plan. And but but I said it I said it then. And Nani's a guy who's just like so sometimes you get a game plan and you're like, how about I don't do that because that game plan isn't that great. <laughs> and I <laughs> score. I I could I could be tidy and pass it to to you know Andres Perea next to me who's gonna pass it six feet to to Sebas Mendes and pass it back, or I could take two people on. Sure, I'll lose it, but I'll get something done. And now. Now what we're the season we're lacking goals because we don't have we don't have DK or him who, who could just score their own goals create their own chances. The system doesn't create a lot of chances until well the the open cup in this last half the first half mm-hmm. of the of the D that, that that's our first those two matches are our first games over one xG since the last time we played DC, and that's because we were down <laughs> three nothing. Other than that, XG, the whole month yep. of July the whole month of July we didn't break one on xG. Um, so it, I, it makes you think, okay, so obviously we parked the bus intentionally many times. So is Ursula saying Oscar doesn't want that or he didn't want it for this month? month and, and, and on my podcast, Cleon brought a good point too. Sometimes things get lost in translation. Ursula, this is his like third or fourth language. I mean, maybe he didn't mean it exactly that. I'm not sure. Pedro's can be, who knows? Pedro's probably frustrated because, bro, how many points has he won for us in July? We got, what, five out of 18 points? And and, and Pedro won seven of those five somehow, you know? It's like <laughs> you could attribute all five to him, essentially. And um, you really can. And uh, and um, he's saying, dang, I'm doing my job. Put some balls in the net. Give me a break here. And then and then those those goals, and nothing he could do about either one. And no. uh, so he's, he's frustrated and, and allegedly, according to Peruvian media journalists who are well plugged in, there hasn't really been talks advancing for an extension. So maybe it's just just mm. frustrated. But but the, the, the players, uh, I think it's noticeable. I think the players, I think at some point, if you I, it's obvious at some point we parked the bus, maybe at this time 
he didn't want that, but it's obviously part of the strategy. And if you have coached that into these players all the time, if you bring in defensive minded players, safe players, you know, people who aren't bold, who aren't going to take someone on with the ball. And then you expect them after months and months and years at this point of drilling them to hang on and be tough to beat. Let's do Alamo and bunker down all the bullets flying your way and hope we escape with a, with a, with some points. You, you can't expect them just to not revert to, to the, to the, what they're used to. I think that's what we saw. They reverted back to what they were used to doing. Maybe Oscar didn't want it, but that's what he's wanted this whole time. And you start getting pushed back. You, you, you get your heels on, on the lines in the box and then you, you revert to your, to your nature, right? It's like fight or flight. And they, they, they did, there was flight that they chose. They were you at, um, were you at pints with Pereja? Oh, uh, no, I wasn't. He told a very similar story about the Colombian world cup and, <laughs> basically they were in like the they were losing by one goal and the coach had been teaching them soccer ball on the floor pass it around we don't go long ball and then it's the 93rd minute and they're passing it around the back and the coach is going kick the ball long and no one's kicking it long and he goes why didn't you guys kick it long and they're like well for the past three years you've been teaching us to pass it around the back and then play up that way so exactly what you're saying there eddie is literally from oscar's mouth that's what's happening this has happened this happens to pep's teams in the champions league finals mm-hmm. right what happens that they, they get beat by a team who, who sits back and catches them on a counter and then they they have 800 passes and you know no goals it is this happens and then look at the spurs success when they got to the champions league they didn't play pochettino ball they kicked long balls at lorente and played one root one football you know that their most the spurs most success was not playing pochettino's way Essentially, no. K- Kane wasn't one football. even involved. Kane wasn't involved with Lorente. They, the AX had, you know, an 18, 19 year olds at center back, they liked it, whatever, and they're smaller, and they just punted. They just punted balls at Lorente's chest all day, and 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 because that that's what what they needed to do because they were behind. It wasn't time to punch the ball, and then you you saw the urgency in the Open Cup and everything. Where, where you're seeing we're creating chances we're, we're, we're creating what should have been goals. And, but, but um, what I wanted to say too, and my opinion, I don't know if the, you guys tell me if you agree, if at some point when you're telling the team, sit back and sit back and sit back, it's a, you're telling them, I don't trust you on offense. I don't trust you with the ball. I don't trust you to take it to the team. Just sit back and play safe. Don't, don't risk it. And I, I think, I don't think that translates well to other players. I think at some point you're like, bro, let us play. We showed you we can play with the ball. We could attack against Red Bulls because we, we went up a goal. We did not. We didn't change our game plan. Now, it, Red Bulls fed into it because of the way they play. But but you didn't. You, we, we, we still dictated things at that point. You, you, um, and where where and other times, I think if a coach tells you when you're, you're up saying, OK, I don't want to put you in situations. Let's just play safe. I think that that's detrimental sometimes to players' confidence. It's a negative you know? mindset, Eddie. You're it right. Is. So, Daniel, let's let's talk about the month of July overall since we've kind of done the DC match. Um, like Eddie said, five points in the month of July. And I have to be honest, like go, heading into the month, I highlighted, I think end of June was Cincinnati away. But beginning of July was DC at home. Then we had Miami at home. Then we had Colorado away. And I put out a post saying these these are some four easy matches that we mm-hmm. should be getting a lot of points in. Everyone put your predictions up. How we feeling? Lot of lot of happiness. Lot of 
uh, 10 points, 12 points, 9 points. <laughs> and um, in those matches, we got 4 points uh, with the win against Miami last second. And then we had the uh, draw in Colorado. 5 points throughout the entire month of July. We had the match against Arsenal. We had the Red Bulls win. Um, High-level thoughts on the month overall, and is it just the summertime sadness, or or is this indicative of where we're heading as a club? Well, if it was a you know an episodic TV show, it would be the most depressing show ever, and probably have the lowest ratings ever, because it's the same story most games, right? Just <clears throat> you know, just negativity, you know, throughout each performance and you know i don't need to remind you of this but you know this i don't know where where honestly people would get this like 10 or 12 points prediction from when these patterns have already been established in oscar's reign you know what i'm saying like i think in in hindsight we did really well just to get what we got and um i, I don't know if you can really put it down to summertime sadness it seems like every june and july they just shit the bed and they don't play but other teams can somehow manage to deal with the same factors. They they deal with the congestion and the schedule. They can deal with playing the Florida Heat. It's like I don't know. Like it's it's just they, maybe they need to to look at the mental side of this a lot more rather than just strictly the performances and, and try and look into that. I mean, I think what you guys have touched on before is is a you know is leadership. And I, I think the club has always lacked leaders. Like, you need more than one leader. And this, like, um, attitude of signing one big player just to be a talisman, it's all good and well, but you need more than one, you know. And, and we saw with this last game that once Mauricio went off the field, the team lost its um, lost its ability to keep the ball. It seemed to lose its rhythm. You know, you talk about Nani who, you know, Last season, did he won games on his own, particularly in the starting, you know, stages of the season. And yet, he was dropped towards the end of the season, and coincidentally, the the form dropped off as well. It's just like they just lack leaders. Like you need leaders, like in every area of the field. And until you sort that problem out, then you're going to get this summertime sadness. You're going to get this um, illusion that you know you've been screwed by referees, that you can't deal with all the games, blah 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 well, get some leaders on the field and figure out how to do it because good teams at the end of the day will figure out how to do it. As we can see with the likes of Philadelphia and, and, and New York, they seem to be able to get it done. And that's really where Orlando has to be trying to hit. So enough of the you know, the excuses and, and start looking at the recruitment and the mental side of it. That's That's where they need to go. Yeah, the mental side of the excuse me the season i mean there's always ups and downs in a season and there's a there's a way you have to manage a season and i feel like we're struggling to do that oscar has a history of struggling to manage an entire season always starts quick always fades in the middle stumbles to the um, end and gets into the playoffs do you think he wants maybe a little bit too much control like i know he's the head coach but do you think that he wants far too much control and doesn't want to trust like eddie said you don't want to trust his players you know like You've got to allow. Your well, players. like I said before, Eddie hopped yeah. on, right? Like we had mm-hmm. that one big chance um, that Galese bailed us out on in the mm-hmm. DC match. 
all of a sudden Benji's on the left, Pato's up front. We're we're all of a sudden getting really really deep. So I wonder if it is about control. Eddie, what do you what do you think about that? Because that's a good point, Daniel. No, I, I think it's I think he, his his nature is to um, let's make sure we get a point. You know, it's a little bit more um, scared. I, I don't know if scared is the word, but but it's you, negative. You it's negative, but it's maybe more big pictures. Like, okay, we, you know, I believe we could catch a goal on the counter, and and let's just make sure we 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 have we we leave with something. You know, let's let's not let's let let's let's we went into the store, we we put in a good shift. Let's leave with with something, and and, and maybe in his way, that's putting confidence in them to hang on. But I, I've said it. This I've been saying this since I don't remember the Portland match. I think you know where you just you you can't you can't just. Um, you can't just just hold on that deep, not expect a call to not go your way or rebound to not go your way or someone to, to have a moment of brilliance. That second goal by DC was ridiculous. I mean, uh, you know, a switch all the way to the left. He volleyed it to another guy who volleyed it into the goal. You know, that's that's a heck of a play. So did these uh, a, a DP or in two their two best players made something happen, and that's that's how it works in MLS. In MLS is not the most advanced. Tactically and tactically, it usually comes down to a couple players with the cojones that to, to take it by the gruff, make something happen. And DC did that, and we like that this year especially. So I I think um I think he just it's in his nature to revert to being difficult to play in points. And and speaking of June and July, I, I don't I I think I'm gonna disagree a little bit with Daniel here. I think us being here and practicing here is a disadvantage. Miguel's Gallardo's been saying this for years. It's not an advantage to play in the Heat. If you come to the heat for one match, that's different than practicing and living it the whole time. It wears on you. That's not, but that's not an, we have to adjust to it. It's a reality. It's not an advantage, but it's a reality that we haven't figured out this whole time we've been in MLS. We get, I don't know. I think we played even more. We need to go ask Austin what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have other teams that he did it in, I mean, Dallas was, it gets even hotter. Dallas is like super hot too. So it's, it's, it's not like he hasn't played in this climate. He's from Columbia. It's hot as heck over there. Well, it's not like he, he's there, so we, we have to not play like an advantage, um, and then and maybe not not have people sitting back and running and running and running at the end of matches, and, and not having some lapses because half the time it comes down to a mental lapse. That second goal, Jansen a mental lapse. Jansen is calling for offsides. Taxi Fountas gets the inside channel on him, and he, he if he doesn't, yeah, Jansen maybe you know he gets in better position, but he wanted the offsides, turned his head, and that was it. Mental lapse. And you, when you're asking people to defend over and over and over and over for 30 minutes and just, just kick everything away and clear everything and not have the ball retention. You add the heat, you add all of that stuff to it. You're going to create a, you're going to foster an environment where you have a small margin of error. And, and, yeah, and then when you have a coach who, who's, who's just adverse to, to risk in a way, then you get that combination. Not what we have now. Yep. I said the same thing, I think on my little seven minute, Daniel called it a cameo, instant reaction I did. Um, basically, I said, we um, we sit deep, and that allows opportunities for anything to happen in the box. And the less opportunities they get in the box, the less opportunities some sort of random thing could happen, like you just explained perfectly. Let's go ahead and move on past the month of July. Um, Daniel, you've got some noise going on in your background over there. But... Um, I want to have a discussion around Pato um, because he's coming to the team now these last two games at the number 10. He's played the number 10 multiple times this season um, or, or that creative role multiple times this season. 
And he's got some really clear pros, some really clear things he's good at, and then some clear things where he seems to be lacking for us. So how do you see Pato? Because I, I think it's a balance of Daniel coming to you first, and then Eddie, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, <laughs> it, it's like he's got good things, and these last few games he's been pretty pivotal to creating chances, but then the final product is lacking, and it's been lacking for quite some time now. I mean, he, I think he did pretty good in the last game, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I see a lot of talk about the the miss, the open goal. First of all, it wasn't an open goal. So let's just um, get that off the table. It's not. <clears throat> um, there's, there's still players there that can defend it. There's still activity going on in the box. And, I mean, yeah, in hindsight, he could have squared the ball, maybe put someone else in. But, you know, Pato being the, being the leader that he wants to be, he tried to take that on himself and he missed. And... You know, he was probably cognizant that there was at least two people in front of him that could have stopped that shot. It was nowhere near as easy as it looked. And, you know, it beggars belief that people will, will come out with that and not consider any of those other factors. So I don't, I'm not mad at him for that. Um, his general link-up play is very good. I mean, he he's just, he's just got quality, obvious quality when he moves off the ball, on the ball, he shows for the ball. You know, he's the playmaker the team needs. And I know it's a little strange calling a striker a playmaker, but I think, as with many forwards, especially the diminutive type of guys like Pato that have played out wide and, and as a even as a main striker in the career, they often do drop deep and become more, you know, kind of more link players. So I think he's done well. I think he's, he deserves to play the next game. And the offense definitely looks more threatening with him where he is right now. Of course, when you put him back up front and you start asking to play as a false nine and you're dropping the team back 10 yards and he then has to do a more conservative job, then, yeah, he's got, he's not going to look as good as he should. But I think he's been very um, underrated the past couple of games, for sure. Go ahead, Eddie. Yeah, I, I'm with Daniel on this. I don't think this this change where we're actually creating chances happens with Apato um, at all. Um, this allows Mauricio to sit deeper and have an impact from there, with especially with, with how we're going vertical at times. Um, Mauricio, people see him as a 10 now, but Mauricio in his whole career wasn't a 10. He was a he was an 8. He was like a you know Beckham-type right midfielder, you know, where he wasn't like a winger. And and Pato himself, you know, was mostly a winger in his, his career anyway, so he's not really this traditional striker as it is. And he 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 would drop deep more like false nine kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, having quality, him as much quality as close together, or you know, in a way where you could combine, because Fagundo's not a guy who's going to run away from people, so to speak. He's a guy who's smart, who takes the space and combines well. And having people who can combine is is obviously obviously a positive. And and if you're going to have Benji up top. You know, Kata can, can combine some, um, but Benji, Benji really doesn't. So if you're going to have Benji, you're going to have someone centrally like that. And having having Pato there allows allows to, to uh, you to mask the inability of just, you know, a striker to really contribute other than runs and finishing and stuff like that, in my opinion. So and look, I, I'm one of those people who are like, if, if you're Alexander Pato, you're a 90 and you make a pass and the guy's not there. 
most of the everyone's like, oh, they're mad at him at, at the match of the Open Cup. They're like, boss of this, boss of that. I was like, bro, if Nani Nani is still like top like ten or something in assists per ninety in the EPL, like if Nani sends a cross to the back post, he's probably right. You're not there. Sometimes Bobato he did he did a uh, like a little back pass, you know, like a cutback, um, reverse pass. I'm sorry, it's the word to Fagundo. There, oh, people grumbling. Fagundo should have made that run. I'm gonna defer to Pato. So, so some of the turnovers that he you see make passing wise, he's trying stuff. I don't mind that. I've said that for years. There's it's just like a quarterback in football. People want Alex Smith. They want Dink and Dunk. They want five yards. Five yards. I don't mind a Brett Favre or Brady throw it into some coverage, take a chance. That passer Urso, he had a ton of outlets everywhere else. He held on to it a little longer, and he he took a, a risky pass. The 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 way he played that ball, and the weight was perfect. It allowed for the one the one touch finish from from Urso, which was a heck of a finish. But um, yeah, uh, he he could have just turned sideways, left to right. It was a ton of options safe. I like people taking chances, but you need people who have the quality to put, pull it off. And given our roster, um, you know, especially with Mendes and the way we're playing too, if you if you don't put uh, um, Pato there, then you're going to have to play Cara, you take Benji out, or you play Perea in right at, at the midfield. And so, given given our current roster, I think it's I think it's I think that the, the pros outweigh the the cons. Now the cons are what happened against Red Bulls, where there was I think a you know, he got his pocket picked and who was making an ADR run. And then that led to the goal. That was obviously a con. Also, someone could communicate, say, hey, there's someone behind you. That would have helped, too. Um, but I, I think I think if we're, at this point we're in, a, we're in a position where we're barely sixth place in the table with points per game. We, we have an open cup. We have a chance for trophy here to salvage the season. You, you got to you got to err towards the risk a little bit, the reward there. And and you and I think Bato's worth it. I think Bato's still goals and assists. He's still first on our team this year, and um, and he hasn't. You know, even though he's had a bit of the yips, his expected goals. Not that that's everything, isn't his actual goals and expected goals really isn't that far apart. It's not like it's not like Dom Dwyer a couple of years ago or something. So I, I eventually you think someone with that quality is gonna is gonna get through it. Shoot or shoot. The only way to to the only way to get through uh the dry spell is just to keep at it. So. Uh, I definitely think there's more pros than than, than cons. And he put in a shift defensively. He did a, he did some stuff well. That first goal doesn't happen. He's the one who won the ball back. So yeah, I think I'm I'm pro Pato. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Look, I I won't lie. He's a player that's been frustrating me these past few weeks, um, because it, it's the end product that's been frustrating me. I think he's been doing mostly everything right in build up, and I agree that tactically. He's the one that allows Benji to be Benji, you know, to make those runs, like you said, to, to make those runs in behind, to not have to be a solo striker. And while Benji does, you know, you know, win balls in the air, chest the ball down, try and link play a little bit. Um, that's not his game. He's not going to drop deep, turn and sprint in behind. He's going to make those runs in behind without having to drop deep and, and play off the shoulder. Pato is the reason why he's able to do that. I 100% agree. And then we get into that the the discussion of he's not uh not performing. That's not the word I want to say. There's no output yet. And I think with this match against DC, we are close to seeing some output, right? He's scuffing some shots, you know, against New York Red Bulls. He had that one on the cutback from Juan, uh, top of the box, just hit it wide. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get the ball in the back of the net here soon. Um 
So while he's frustrated me with his output, I, I have to say I can see why he's starting matches. I can see, I think it just makes sense. And absolutely for the Open Cup, if he's fit, he starts that match. Too much quality to not. Even as a player who frustrates me, he can definitely pull a, pull a rabbit out of the hat in that match in a game that the team again, we're going to be going against is probably going to be sitting deep. Um, so speaking of Benji at nine, Daniel, uh, definitely this is a new development. A lot of people have been wanting Benji at nine for years. Never really got it. It's now happened. So um, I never thought it was going to happen personally. So I was very surprised to see it happen, but it happened. Um, what does this mean for Kara? DP striker, not a lot of mobility. All of a sudden we have a new system that doesn't seem to make sense for him. Uh, what does this mean for Kara? Yeah, Kara's still got a big part to play, hasn't he? I mean, they're going to change it up at some point, and there's going to be some games where, <clears throat> excuse me, you just mentioned like uh, Sacramento, for instance, likely to play deep, and those are the sort of games where Kara comes in and you, you bring in the battering ram, and you go a little more direct. Um, Kara, you know, if he'd have had the chances in this game, that the other strikers got, then he would have he would have had two or three. But you can also argue he wouldn't have gotten into the space to do it. So it's it's you know it's six and one and a half that doesn't the other, you know. Um, but that said, I mean, there's going to be two different, three different approaches. I hope in the attack, and and there's going to be games where Kara comes in, and you know where the centre backs are, you know, dominating the strikers, and you're going to put Kara in, and you're going to end up, you know utilizing him and he's going to do well so i think there's plenty of space for both you've just got to hope hope that oscar can recognize the need to change it the right way and um the player that's most at threat is is tesho really i mean he uh he's not going to be getting he's already on the fringes he's he's not going to be involved very much at this point you would think and I think Kara's very much in the plans and, and he'll be he'll be utilised. You're still going to see plenty of him this season, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, Tesho's definitely our closer, so he might come in to help, you know, close out a match 5, 10, 15 minutes. Um, but, Eddie, what, is it smart? Maybe that's a leading question, but, like, DP striker as maybe a rotational option? Is that the best use of resources, or is there some redundancy there that we could possibly... Fix. I mean, I don't think it's, it's easy to fix as people think. They're like, well, he doesn't, he's not fitting how we want to play. Just get rid of him. Who, who's going to take him? It's just you just can't be like, hey, I, we changed Send the way we're playing. Austria. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, we just changed the way we play. So here, you know, it's like, and he's not going to want to move. He just moved his family. Man, like, you're it's to, not, yeah, it's yeah. Not people think that's like it's not like it's just not FIFA guys. You got to pay him as well. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. he's going to be owed a ton of money on his contract. Though. Absolutely. So yeah. you you have a buyout. So you you want to use the wolf money to buy his contract out? He did the guy. I mean, he's still speaking. Of, I mean, goals. He's still leading the team. He does put away a lot of chances. It, he doesn't. He doesn't get a lot, but his his finishing great isn't bad like daniel said if, if he if he got one of the, that pullback to benji or one of those he probably makes it but would he be there and i like like you said you said it right daniel um so but i, I think uh, i do think we need to have we need to have him as an option i don't i don't know if he's in the doghouse we saw nani go in the doghouse last year in pato um because he's i don't i don't think from what i understand he's not hurt this is two dmps in basketball they call it coaches dmps this should just 
you know, we have five subs and he still chose not to put them. He chose to go Pato for 90 minutes in a second game in a week. So that, that, that was, that was, that said something to me. So I do hope that we, we do, we do sometimes we, we use them a little differently now that we're going a little more vertical. Like I've been saying, pump some, pump some long balls at Akata. He could do that. Send some down his chest. Use them like Spurs use Llorente. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that'll make it better for him. I still think he's the more technical striker. And, uh, and I still think, and, you know, I think he's a better finisher than Benji at this point, but, but, um, and I think, I think Vato and him just really need to work out the space a little differently, you know, where, 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 where Kata's not going to run off the shoulder that that helps Pato because Pato comes in where Pato and Kata were, were too close a lot. And I mean, for going on the left opens it up because all of those two guys, all those three guys were all super close together too often. And, uh, it was causing us problems, but I think, um, I think there should be room for him, but speaking of redundancy, like you can't just get rid of them. And look, I, I'd rather, I'd rather say, look, this we're changed system. We're not going to force a DP to start just because he's a DP. Then, then to, to say, because he's a DP, we need to play him. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'd rather take the L uh, off on the, on the books, take the W on the pitch. <laughs> if you want to say it's simple. So I, if, if that's what they're doing, they're saying right now, this is not how we want to play. This, this is what suits our, our club best is um is to have this 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 uh 11 players playing more and starting and and we're gonna leave you know millions of dollars on the on the on the bench i that's fine with me who cares so they, they they they've had misses already so far this isn't the first miss they'll have other misses like everybody does ask Atlanta, and uh and and you gotta play who who's who's hot who's working for you and we're in sixth place and and with Kata, so like you gotta try something and in the open cup is i've been saying it for months open cup for bus man so if that means your dp's on the bench I, I could care less yep as long as we win that cup basically all right what last topic before we hit the rumor mill before we hit the questions and then we're out of here um we parked the bus again last few minutes though we did we didn't do it way early like we did against atlanta um which was a good development um but we did park it and eventually we put the three the three center backs on and didn't work they got the cut back top of the box goal they got um that last goal that was really pretty good 2-1 we lose the game um and this is something that is a clear 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 issue right like this is something that we've noticed for quite a while now colorado atlanta yada yada there's multiple other instances of it and I feel like this isn't the only time there's been a clear issue that it has to be, uh, I mean, clear and obvious before we fix it. Attack this season. It's taken forever. Now we finally found a way to fix it, but it took forever. We kept trying the same thing over and over. Um, I mean, you could say Juan trying to cross the ball. We, we kept trying to do that. And it's, I mean, last few games he's done well, to be fair. But um, remember when Perea first came in, uh, set-piece defending was awful. Second halves, we started second halves really slowly. We seen the first 15 minutes every second half. It took forever to get out of that funk. Like, Daniel, why are we, why are issues needing to be so clear before we fix them? Like, where is the disconnect that we can't fix our issues quickly enough? Mm, I mean, it's a loaded question, but my my answer really is that they just need they need more quality. I think in the team, like 
not just in the in the first eleven positions, but you know on the bench and in reserve. I think that's that's generally it. I mean that you know we've got everyone has their favourite players, but you've got to recognise that some of our favourites are probably not up to the level that we need them to be. You know the league moves on, the league's getting stronger every year, and um, players that put in decent shifts and such now are just not quite as good as they were. I mean, that's just football for you. It's, it's a it's a revolving door and the club has to move along with that. And, you know, I mean, they, they did make steps this year investing in in the attack. Now, I, I want to, I think I've said this many times, they need to go out and, and spend that sort of money in the defence and, and in the midfield. And I think then when you get that quality in the field and you get a couple of those leaders in there, you know, then you're going to see the improvement. But I think we're still a little too reliant on 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 uh, rescuing players and, and trying to fix them and trying to make them better and, and trusting that Oscar can you know can do all of that. You've just got to give him some more tools to work with. That's that's my gut feeling on that one. I think. Take it away, Eddie. Clear clear issues that take a while to to fix. Yeah, I I think what it is is that. Like what what Daniel said, you know, that definitely it plays a big part in it. Um, the quality is so sometimes like like we saw in the second half, maybe um, we didn't like park it until you know Rodrigo came in. That back three, I mean, we someone's got to do the numbers. Like goals, goals allowed with the back three, it's got to be like like infinity ridiculous it's got to be awful. <laughs> someone, I think someone, I think, yeah, switched. I think someone told I mean, me I haven't whatever. noticed the back three. Or whatever, and I was like, hey, hey, that person knows what we're talking about. I'm just saying it, it didn't like put it together. I'm like, no, bro. When that comes in, it's it's it's. I don't know how there's just it's, we can't defend it. Look at that that first goal. There was like seven people in the box, and nobody picked up Durkin. You know. Anyways, uh, um, I, I do think I do think that when when Mauricio's out, especially, um, we we just don't have anyone that could handle the ball and pass and keep possession. We don't have the quality. We don't have that player on the pitch. Andres Perea is not that not that person. We, we need to get that person. We've been asking for a backup 10, which is not Pato, I guess. A backup 10 for, for ages, right? Backup left back who could who's who's a left footed, you know, for you know, left footed player for, for ages. Even Kyle Smith, as good as he is defensively on the left, because weak foot possession, he's not as good as Joao. He isn't. But that's definitely part of it. And I, I think it's just some stubbornness too. I think I think it's like, okay, this is what we need to do. You just need to execute it. So it this works. My coaches are like that. This plan works. You just got to execute it. And they go out and they don't. No, no, no. You do it. Let's work on it. You're going to do it. Next time it comes up, you're going to execute. That's part of it. <laughs> it has to be. Just good old-fashioned. I could say you guys can't. Latino pride. So that's a little bit. If I'm allowed to say You can edit that, Gavin. Nah, nah. <laughs> hey, there's just some good old-fashioned pride. Every coach thinks they they got the solution. Their ideas work best. There's oh, every coach thinks that. I think there's a there's an element there to like we're just because you you can't execute a good sound idea doesn't mean we're gonna give it up. And then eventually you're like, all right, these guys are dumb. They can't do it. Let's just switch it up. You know. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I want to do zonal we... marking. Never mind. You guys can't do it. Let's do this. You know. So. I hope I that we do that for the back three system because honestly, <laughs> it is the system that invites the balls into the box. I, I was we, so happy we didn't go back three against the Red Bulls. When we brought in Kyle Smith, I'm like, all right, who's coming out? Oh, yeah, Kyle Smith is going for it for who? And we're going to back four. You know, I was like, yes. It was a smart move because honestly, because Kyle, the back, you know, good closer. Yep. I mean, look, 
back three, you're taking somebody out of the midfield area of the pitch and you're putting them into the center back position. More bodies in the box, but you're not stopping the ball from getting to the box. And so when we go back three, yep. No, you're right. Nobody to get the ball when you clear it. It just comes right back. Waves of attack come our way. So um, back three system, it doesn't work to close out a match. It's a very specific use case, and for right now, um, we got to stop using it. Um, it's a clear issue that we need to fix. So quickly, rumor mill-wise, we've got Wilder Cartagena um, that that um, Peruvian center mid. Can't remember the team he's from. Al Itihad or something like that from uh, the UAE. Um, honestly, it just looks like a Mendez replacement, which makes sense. And... The only thing I can see from the YouTubes is he's got a little bit more technique than Mendez had, and he likes to slide tackle a lot. That's all I've got. <laughs> that is all I've got. And then Schlegel to Moscow is the other rumor that's been floating around, I think I've seen. Um, so, Eddie, quick thoughts on that, and then Daniel, back over to you. Um, quick thoughts on that, and then we'll head into questions. Yeah, Wilder Cartagena, he, he comes from the same academy that Asquez and... and uh... And uh, Pedro Garcia come from Alianza Lima. That's that's the big program over there, the big club in 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 uh, Peru. Even though they just got relegated, but they'll be back. Um, he he uh, he had a decent run in, in in Argentina and stuff like that. A lot of Peruvians are out there in the in the the desert leagues, you know, to Dubai, etc., Emirates, Saudi Arabia. They do well over there. Um, the thing is, you see, he hasn't played a ton of games. Um, he, he played, you know, I mean, he played some recently, but his career, it's not like he's played a ton. So I don't know how, how impactful this guy's going to be. He's just going to be depth and, uh, I don't know if it's alone. Um, but yeah, I think he's just a Seba's replacement. He, he's, he can be sort of box to box. He's still more defensive midfielder. It's not like he's got seven goals or something his whole life. Um, it's not like, you know, he's not going to, he's not Mauricio's replacement. He's, uh, Perea is, is really Urso's replacement, so to speak. And I think he's, he's more like another six or something because we, we we don't have we lost that with mendes out so i don't know how impactful i, I don't actually have any confidence that any of the three additions are going to be that impactful to be honest um and then uh the schlegel to, to moscow look at, i mean schlegel hasn't been bad this year he's still pretty young wilder is 27 so i'm not sure how much juice there is you know i mean there's still time that's when we got yoshi more or less but he's not as good as yoshi um for sure um uh, this the, the rumors of Moscow. I don't know. It just seems like it hasn't been that widespread rumors, Gavin. Right? I mean, it's just a couple things. I'm not sure how. Yeah, how small, much, small. Yeah, I'm not sure how much juice that has. But you know that. Look, if we could go from a loan purchase to a cheap and turn him for a profit, I am fine with that. And Schlegel away. He's not going to be when things are right. We have Jansen and, and Carlos in the contract. We, we 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 have Thomas up and coming. I would still. You know, add another center back or two, but um, if we could if we could turn our third string center back more or less into profit, if the Russia thing is real, then go for it. That's cool with me. You know, oh yeah, I, definitely. As long club, as he's a replacement. Yeah, yeah, he's a club legend. Yeah, Thomas isn't ready there to be to take that spot, but but um, you know, he he club legend status with all the stuff he's done for us, and I I'd wish him the best. I'd I'd help him pack. To be honest. <laughs> Any uh, thoughts on those, Daniel? Um, I'm not sure I see Schlegel going to Russia. I mean, we all know what's going on with Russia right now. I can't imagine yeah. any player wanting to go there in case, you know, things go further south and you end up getting stuck there, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you can't imagine that type of scenario happening. So, 
Um, if if there's clubs in Russia looking at him, then you'll you know you'll know there's clubs elsewhere in Europe that are probably looking as well. So I don't know. Like Kelly says, turning him into profits not a bad idea, but it's all about who you bring in. And I would like to see a good starting caliber centre back coming in, and someone that you could easily see playing in your in your first choice team. You know, um, that way you got three really really good options and to compete and to push the other two because you know the uh, Carlos and Janssen they both need competition like serious competition I think to, to keep the levels high and I think that's actually a deep uh, sorry a weak spot in the squad right now <clears throat> and then the other rumour that I didn't see a touch on is there was some small rumour about Galicia going to Leicester I don't know if you'd seen that but um, I had not well Leicester just sold they're selling Casper Schmeichel. Schmeichel. He's, he's about he's, to go. Yep. So Marseille, yeah. Is it Marseille now? I think it was Nice, right? Oh, Isn't Nice. It? Yeah, you're right, Nice. I yeah. Up. yeah. No worries. It's uh, so. I mean, I, I haven't seen many credible links. I think there's one journalist um, from Peru who said that there is there's teams looking at him, and that he's probably keeping his options open because he hasn't gotten his contract offer yet from Orlando. So. That might be something to watch. I know Newcastle and Newcastle were linked to him at one point. I know that that's probably not going to happen now. But um, yeah, Leicester for Gillespie. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see something come of that. You know, yeah, they, definitely. They can pay him. I mean, if he wants a million dollars a year in in Orlando, I mean, he could easily go to the Premier League if the Premier League team wanted him. He could easily get what one and a half. You would think. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to add something to the Peruvians. Um, I talked to one of the Peruvian guys, journalists, and he said, yeah. you know, that they, they, they had a there was a rumor about a, about a million dollars a year from one of like the the desert teams too. You know, mm-hmm. the Emirates or whatnot. And the Peruvians there, they do well. They 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 only play once a week. They get paid well. They they live really nice there, and and it hasn't hurt their their status on the national team. Mm-hmm. So he he wants to go to Europe, and he this is probably the last time at his age he's going to get that real chance, but. But you know, I, I if um, Lester would be amazing, but uh, oh, yeah. but yeah, he'd be, there's always money there in a, in a league that they have more Peruvians than we do here. And, and then the last thing I say, Schlegel, I think we bought him according to transfer market for about half a million dollars. So um, he, we picked up his loan option. So I mean, if we we transfer him to to Moscow for you, got to ask cash, no installments because. You know, geez, <laughs> over there, right? Or you know, because like, like Dana said, he smokes one joint, he's captured for the rest of his life and sent to Siberia or whatever. So uh, you you uh, you want to you want that straight cash up front, but if you, you could turn it, you could take a guy you got on a loan who who uh, who um and then for half a million dollars and turn him into uh two or three you know million or four whatever that that's good business. Very good business. Yep. All right, let's go ahead and get uh, some questions in, and then we can get out of here. So um, first one from at Jimmy underscore SLC. Daniel, I'll start with you. Why do we keep dropping points and parking the bus? A, uh, Poppy's lack of faith in the squad. So, Eddie, I think you were onto something there. At least Jimmy's onto something that you guys are, you and Cleon were on. Um, B, squad's lack of faith in Poppy's tactics. C, opponents, keepers, and strikers have the game of their lives only when they play us? No. Um, D, Orlando City curse, and E, other. Um, so really, the first two, I think, are the... <laughs> first two are other. What are you, what are you feeling there? Um, 
I think I'd go with other and well, that's kind of a hybrid of what what we've been saying. I mean, I think Oscar likes a lot of control, and I don't think the players are comfortable with what they've been asked to do. I think that's that's pretty much the answer for me. And, and like I said, we don't have the personnel in the team to to sustain and performance. So you know, it's, it might be best sometimes just to keep with your best team on the field and just keep doing what you're doing. You know, slow it down a little bit, but don't go into your shell. I mean, it's it's probably a mixture of all of those things, to be honest with you, but mostly to do with the coach wanting the control and the players not being comfortable. That's that's my answer. Yep. Um, at Egway Goat and Jay Tommy, um, Eddie, for you, why do performances that would earn points nine time out of ten end up only being the other one time for us? Well, I mean, it's just quality at times. Like, you know, I, I joke about that the goalies have a great day against us, but the reality is I'm not watching them against someone else. And, you know, you still got to put the ball in the back of the net. And I just think there's just, whether it's a mental lapse or or an adjustment too early or just a lack of quality. Like, just put put things out of out of reach. Don't don't allow one error or one call to, to dictate the our outcome. I just think, you know, like this was what happened in the D.C. match. We we could have we should have been up two nothing probably, we're up two nothing. It's a whole different different match. So, you know, it's it's not. I'm not. We're not being proed. We're not in this position because we've been proed in a significant way or or out performances. We're in this position because we haven't performed well enough. And this is where honestly we should be right now, based on how we performed. I, I mean, I would even say we should be lower. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah. We had a poll like that. We were like, are we the best worst team or the worst best team? You know, it's like, it's a funny question, but it's like, sometimes you, you look at the, our goal differential and the way we, we play and you're like, how are, we, how, how are we above the playoff line? And now the playoff line's right next to us with the Columbus tied on points with two matches and two games in hand. Um, so we're technically six, right? But it's some of those teams kind of got stuck themselves. Cincinnati and Charlotte and Milana's in the dumpster and Miami, you know, like, so it's not like we're doing great. If we were in the West, we're not in the playoffs, right? So oh, it's like, no. oh, we're, 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 we're in the playoffs. Poppy's got us in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's results, but watch the way we play. Do we, we, you feel like a team we're, we're going on a run. I mean, if we, if we turned that, that Red Bulls match and that first half into permanent then okay but and until until that's permanent that's consistently done then then uh we, you know we are where we should be at at best you know at best yeah my answer to the question was gonna be it's just our karma right because we've lucked our way to some results and um now we're unlucking our way out of some results uh that's just it's a low scoring sport that's just the way it works sometimes it's gonna go back and forth um, yeah, and if I could add this, sorry to mm-hmm. jump in. No, 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 you're good. Yeah, um, you just like some goalies have stood on their heads against us. How many times has Pedro stood on, stood on his head to get, get us points? It works. It's, you know, it's worked. It's both ridiculous. <laughs> I honestly think if you look back at the five points in July, I think you could attribute them all to Gareth. Honestly, yeah. yeah let's let's look. Honestly, look at them. huh? Yeah, you, let's you look, look at. Them. Yeah, Atlanta. Come on, guys. It was nuts against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. One point, right? Colorado. Again, that Dwyer, Nuts against Colorado. Nuts against Colorado. Miami, he shut – early on, Duke got in on goal. Shut him down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that would a normal keeper bend there or something in a row. That's one nothing right there. Well, what else is there? Um, Those are our five match. points. 
Those are, you know, those, are, those are our five points, and we got our own goal. Yeah, DC three to five, whatever. Colorado, yeah, Atlanta, and even Philadelphia should have. Um, Philadelphia, now it wasn't his fault, you know. That was Juan's fault or mental lapse there. And then DC, I can't blame him for any of those goals either. That should have been. They, yeah, okay, it was two to one. They scored late, but it should have been one to one earlier. If it wasn't for Gaius. Right. Exactly. What were you gonna say, Daniel? Oh. Oh. I'm here. <laughs> I um I was just gonna say good luck on getting uh, getting some people to admit to all of that that you know we've it's karma and it's working backwards you know um we, we when you just put it out like out there and looked at all those past results I'm I'm actually quite surprised we got any points in July <laughs> yeah, you know exactly yeah that's how yeah that's I mean done. it's just one of them things isn't it like you know. Even like that, I see a lot of people, the same suspects always going about pro and about this and that. I'm just like, you know, it's, it's Orlando or any team for that matter. They're not, I don't think they've annoyed anybody enough to be proed purposely, like it's a conspiracy, you know. At the end of the day, the team has got to be accountable for its faults, just like you're going to praise the good things that you've got to, you've got to criticize constructively the bad things as well. And, being a good supporter, I think he's been honest about things like that. And, you know, unfortunately, not everybody's able to do that. Yep. All right, a few more. Um, I'll answer some quick ones. Uh, how much of Orlando does Rooney own? That's my co-host over at MLS Now Podcast, David. He um, He's a DC fan. Um, honestly, like 200%. I don't know how he does it, but Rooney just freaking owns our club. It's annoying. <laughs> he's the best brother ever, right? Because people forget, Daniel, you could just, I mean, you know more of Rooney's story. Like, Rooney's from the streets. He's a thug, man. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the guy who your little, you know, your brother goes out and he, he's got a bloody nose. Rooney goes out and takes care of business. And, hey, we, does we, he? we, yeah, because John Rooney, you know, we didn't resign him. He didn't have a good run and he's out here. <laughs> <took it personal. laughs> well, you know, listening to, to that about Rooney, uh, he'll take care of business, then he'll, he'll take care of the granny as well. Oh, <laughs> Hide your grannies. Yeah, listen, I, I've I've known about Rooney for a long time. He, um, I saw him actually played against Leeds for Everton in um, 2002, I think it was. He was 18 and he scored the only goal of the game. He nutmegged uh, Lucas Radebi at the age of 18, scored the first goal, first win for Everton at Leeds in 50 years. And, and, That's and how was, I... That's how you know him? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and Gavin, yeah. what was his first goal ever? As a what, 16, 17 year old goal? Who who was that against? He he he's yeah. He cooked Sol Campbell and scored from like thirty yards. We made him. Yeah. <laughs> you just see beat David Seaman, who's a very good goalkeeper, and yep. being twenty five yards out. I remember watching that match of the day. I was like, oh shit! But you know, is is a it's funny thing is with Rooney is that you know as high as rent prices are in Orlando right now, Rooney still manages to find free rent in a lot of heads. And it's annoying. I it's think annoying. It's, I think it's absolutely hilarious. I really do. I I do. He's got that little northern grit about him as Rooney, and I I just think it's funny as shit to be honest with you. <laughs> I woke up this morning, uh, and you know I I struggled to sleep last night, but I woke up this morning, and the first thing I saw on my Twitter timeline was something about Rooney, and I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> All right, um. This one's for you at RLGK13, Eddie. Uh, which Twitter fan base is more toxic, Orlando City or the Niners? 
Oh, that's my buddy Ralph. Oh, the Niners. Did they have a they have a, a reporter whose whole stick is just cause current controversy named Grant Cohn? Oh my gosh, I call him the Coneheads, and everyone's <laughs> just like hot takes and all this stuff, and and it's annoying, and and there's just they 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 think they're they're hard because they're controversial, and and, and you notice no other reporter because you know these teams they have like ten beat writers. We Orlando has like doesn't have one, you know. <laughs> they have they have. They, nobody like re- refers to him. You know how they'll be like Matt Barrows from the mm-hmm. Athletic, you know, asked Debo Samuel this. Nobody ever says Grant Cohn, and he's on Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated was the illustrious magazine of sports journalism as a kid growing up. You know, I had Sports Illustrated for kids, and when my dad read Sports Illustrated, I felt like a man. When I started reading the grown up Sports Illustrated, my dad would let me. And then, you know, you had long form articles from great writers. And then now we have si.com and we got this slub running on some blog and it's, it's like the, the, it makes the sun look like, you know, look like it went a Pulitzer in England, Danny, if you want a reference there, you know, so it's, it's that bad. So no, no, they are, they are worse every, every, and because you know, what's worse on football, uh, American football is easier to get filmed. So everyone's like a film expert. They were like, I've done this. Daniel, Daniel doesn't even know that much about American football. I'm like, look at this, Daniel. Look at this, this, this nerd. This guy's so annoying. Daniel even knows who Grant Cohn is because of my, <laughs> my, my, uh, my venting with him on our, on our chat. But uh, <laughs> you, you, they, 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 they show film and they, they don't even know what to play called. This is the first read. And they don't even know what it is. Like, oh, did you, you play quarterback growing up? Blah, 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 blah. And they, they think they have all the answers and, and it's, it's a whole group. And then they gang up on you and, and, there's loyal to a guy who's who's doing a stick who admits it and then his fan base doesn't admit it's a stick so imagine you know what pe- people think people are doing a stick with honestly they're really not but this guy really is the whole time Super i annoying. see very annoying i would be annoyed all right last one um comes from the chat at marima underscore four is parking the bus a resting tactic daniel well, resting as in just like consolidating, having a braver type of thing, or yeah, like consolidating energy. Uh, probably, but I don't agree with it. I think it's, uh, I just think it's negative. I, I don't know, like, I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's a poor tactic. I've just never advocated sitting back, and it doesn't work. We've seen that it doesn't work. So, if your players need a rest that frequently, then you've got to be looking at. You know, like I said, you've got to look at resource management. You've got to look at the depth in the squad. You need to start looking at personnel. Um, if you don't trust your players, then you need to either start trusting them or you need to, to get some more because you can't sacrifice the good work your team does, the hard work you put into 60 minutes or 70 minutes of a game just to rest. You know, you need to, like I say, you've got to look at the mental side and you've got to look at the personnel. That's... That's what it is. It is a resting tactic, albeit poorly implemented, yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, you still, I, I feel like you, when you're on defense, you're moving more than when you're on offense. Well, you, you have, have to side concentrate. To side, concentrate, up and down, tracking your man, got to be perfect. Like, there's a lot of movement on defense that, while there is movement on offense mm. as well, on offense, you can take a break. Well, all, all I'll say is that, when you're doing positive things in a game and you're doing things with the ball and you're pushing forward and you've got more adrenaline, I think it's easier to stay alert and in, in the game than it is when you're just under stress and under pressure. And and then the, these little 
uh, trails of self-doubt appear because you already know that you've considered so many late goals. Um, and like that is referenced with pro, like you've got it in the back of your head sometimes that you're going to get pro or whatever. It's like these are all negative things coming into your mind. It's not really a rest, you know. You're kind of tormented in a way, and it's torture. You know, it's, tor- <laughs> it's torture, and and you know, and, and it's and it has to be annoying. I mean, these players are human beings. They they get annoyed with the same things we do, and I can't imagine being Pedro Iglesias. I, I can imagine he probably wants to throttle half his team after a game because he does all that work and puts his body on the line, probably more than any other player, to be honest with you. Um puts himself in a lot more dangerous situations and yet you know he's been relied upon time and time again he has to be getting irritated with that and that's not restful at all that's that's just aggravating and like i said play I, if you're gonna be protagonist then you know when you want to go for a second go for a third you got to do it every single game you need an identity that that mirrors that um i feel like it's too cute right now and too um, too planned, too meticulous, and that's what I was referring to with Oscar just wanting the control too much. And it's not restful, it's stressful, I think is probably the best word. Yeah, yeah I think physically it's it's maybe less running, perhaps, for some people. If you have a lot of possession, centre-backs are chilling in the back, usually. You know, it's <clears> like they're running a lot. And um, But there's a difference between having to to run a lot like an offense but being engaged mentally right because you, you you're going to try to score and then there's there's the there's the the tiredness of stress right like you, you know i have a job where you have a job where you have a physical job but you enjoy it you have you have your friends your mates right and you you have a good time and you work and you feel you you, you might not feel as tired as the desk job that is more stress induced or something right it's it's there's a the it's more restful maybe less running but mentally parking a bus is not more restful yep i i worked 55 60 hour weeks at panera and i was you know still podcasting a little bit obviously took a little bit of a break but like i was doing just fine i work a desk job now and gotta say at 45 hours i feel wiped out that that mental you're right it's that mental tiredness that happens that creeps in Mm. and it's a big part of the last 10 minutes of the match that um probably doesn't get talked about enough so um really interesting question um some interesting topics off of that um i I agree with the mental thing eddie but uh time we get out of here it's midnight eddie you've been talking forever (laughs) i know you were doing just doing your other podcast um so everyone probably already listens but go ahead and shout that out shout out where they can find you at and eddie thank you so much for joining yeah, thank you for having me. I'm a fan of you guys. Listen to the Lions block. Do a good job. Adam, Gavin, Chase, Daniel, they all know what they're, what they're talking about. They got good, well-rounded opinions. Um, it's a good good balance overall with diverse opinions, too. So always check out the Lions blog and Lando Lions Den. We've been around for, for a while now, and um, we try to have you know diverse opinions, too, and just, just fans trying to give our, our input and uh just have a good time we love this club and um and uh you know just always we try to engage as much as we can and there's a lot going on all the time but uh we're we're always we're always gonna be supportive of of other content producers it's it's never a competition it's everybody is putting time into it so you know give people respect that and give people a chance and listen and put your input out there and let's build a community and there's so much dumb fighting the more people get to know each other and talk to each other there's less fighting 
So, you know, get, hear, give people a listen, engage, and we'll be more harmonious. And especially on September 7th, when I, oh. I think we'll lift that, we'll lift that cup. We will, uh, you know, we, we could be uh, arms around each other. Enjoy. So, I can't wait thank to you. see you. Thank you guys for having home. me on. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Definitely. And also just um, the only reason we're trying to get engagement is because we're, we're trying to get paid, man. Come on now. Oh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> it. that's all to, this is about. Trying to make the bucks. Yeah, I'm I'm away from my family there to, to kiss my kids goodnight early to sit around <laughs> for uh, the upside down and take Cleon's computer for 45 <laughs> minutes to jump on a second podcast. I'm running out of saliva here. Um, <laughs> oh, so I could I could you know get those get those um, get that cash. I mean, I, you you could I could buy all those Funko Pops you see behind me and this authentic jersey. If it wasn't for this podcast, I'd be rocking replicas. <laughs> all right my friend daniel where can our listeners find you at i'm at my desk just counting all my money right now sorry uh, <laughs> all out. yeah one million two million three million <laughs> i've actually I, I haven't actually got enough for a happy meal yet uh, i wanted like a little burger a 99 cent burger i can't even do that don't tell them i don't pay you a living wage daniel come on now oh no it's midnight and uh I haven't been paid a dime. So those idiots that think uh, we're out here getting paid, you know, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we'll leave it. I'm not going to be diplomatic. You know, you're a bunch of tossers. That's what you are. And if you think we're out here getting paid when we're out here at midnight, probably doing more to promote the club than you do, then I think you need to take a good look at yourself and ask yourself what type of fan you are. Uh, what type of person you are because like I say the good people like Eddie the, the guys at Lions Den ourselves other content creators that you know for better or for worse are just trying to promote the club in a good light and I think if you want a really good um, you know thing to look back on I think during the pandemic when there was very little going on the content creators kept it interesting kept things going kept the message moving in the right direction the club owes those people a lot more than they give them. I feel like um, the club owes, owes those people engagement. And, you know, they don't get enough respect. So when I see comments like that, I, f- I get really offended. And, you know, it just adds to the discourse of all the infighting and stuff. I mean, thankfully, there's still some sane people around that we can sit and talk to and we can enjoy it. Because if there wasn't, then it wouldn't be worth it, you know? Yeah. Per usual, well said, Daniel. Both of you, thank you very much. And it was a pleasure. Have a good rest of your night, my friends. Good night, guys. Vamos. Biggest man in MLS comes up huge!